0: I recently spoke with Rupa Basu. She works at the California Environmental Protection Agency, and she's also a lecturer at UC Berkeley. She and her colleagues study how vulnerable populations, including pregnant women, are affected by climate change, air pollution, and even wildfires. I thought about this when I was pregnant. I had read that air pollution is a factor for premature birth. I was really concerned about that because we live on a big road. So Rupa and her colleagues found that air pollution and climate change both increase the risks for premature babies, low birth weight, and even stillbirth. Scary. And what part of the world were they looking at? These studies were mostly looking at mothers in the U.S. And one really notable finding from that research was that black mothers were at a much higher risk of these negative outcomes than white mothers. Yeah. Environmental racism, it applies especially to mothers and children. They're often bearing the brunt of these environmental problems. And it turns out they are more vulnerable in other ways as well. Here's Rupa Basu talking about the effects of higher temperatures on pregnancy.
1: What really stood out for me is that we found that the effect estimate for black mothers was about 15% per 10 degree Fahrenheit increase in uh, parent temperature, whereas for white mothers it was only a little over 6%. So while they're both at increased risk, there's a disparity and that shows that black mothers are at increased risk.
0: So for each 10 degrees there was an increased rate by 15% of adverse birth outcomes for black mothers.
1: For preterm delivery specifically. Not everything is completely understood, but what we know so far from research is really pointing to some kind of environmental justice issue um in terms of exposure is greater for black mothers, you know, areas where Typically, there are greater numbers of black mothers versus other race or ethnic groups live near freeways or busy roads, fossil fuel combustion areas, power plants. So the exposures are already greater. And when we think about something, heat exposure, there's something called the urban heat island effect. And then there's more black mothers living in urban areas that really absorb the blacktop, less green space. And because of that, We really have higher exposure of air pollution, and especially the ozone and fine particulate matter, as well as heat. Then when we come to the outcome and really talk about health care and the disparities there, there's a pretty well-known disparity with access to health care in the U.S. by race or ethnicity. And then we're seeing that even with the same access to health care, there is greater risk for black mothers. So if you don't even think about the exposures that I just mentioned and you just think about the outcomes, there's already increased risk for infant mortality, preterm delivery, low birth weight, and even stillbirth. And so really what we're looking at is the exposures that we considered in this study just exacerbate the outcome.
0: I think when we worry about heat stroke or heat exhaustion, I guess I often think immediately of elderly people, especially here in Europe where there's not a lot of air conditioning. But reading a bit more about this topic, I also didn't realize or didn't think about how much it just affects being comfortable as a pregnant woman of the fact that your internal body temperature is up a little bit anyway. Can you talk a little bit about the effects of that?
1: Sure. What you're alluding to is thermoregulation and that's a body's ability to control its body temperature, core body temperature. And what happens is pregnant women, just like the elderly or, you know, infants can't really have full control of their body temperature. And so even though you might be in a cooler environment, you might still feel like really hot. And I remember feeling this during my own pregnancies. I'm one of those people who's just always really cold or runs cold and I'd be like, just not quite hot flashes, but just really like, oh my gosh, like I'm sweating and it's not that hot, but it's just core body temperature is higher than it should be. And, you know, so things like sweating are obviously cooling the body down, but maybe the sweating threshold is too high or not being uh, effective enough in cooling the body down. So that's really what happens is that the thermoregulatory process is somehow compromised. And so the body is not able to cool down when it needs to. I think it's also important to do some outreach to pregnant women themselves so they are aware because they're going to be the ones that are most aware of their own symptoms and their own body.
0: Okay, so I'm imagining some expected parents might be freaking out a little bit hearing this. What can you tell us that expecting parents should be aware of when it comes to these effects of climate change, You know, increased heat, and what should they keep an eye out for? Yeah, that's a really good
1: question because many of these outcomes, these adverse birth outcomes can be prevented. And one of the symptoms that we often see before we have any of these outcomes is dehydration. So, you know, symptoms of dehydration are often missed and and are often not connected to the outdoor heat exposure. Dehydration has a lot of symptoms. It could be you know, vomiting, it could be dry mouth, it could be even something like giddiness. And to really see that in pregnant women, that's like the first sign of something not going right. And so once you see those types of symptoms, that could be a big prevention tool.
0: What can be done to protect these mothers and their babies and mitigate the effects of climate change on a broader scale? So when I was talking about exposure to air pollution
1: and greater exposure to heat, those are some things that I think are easier to change. What if we could decrease air pollution exposure? So if there's greater fossil fuel combustion or power plants in certain areas, maybe don't have residential areas so close to those areas so that they're not put at higher risk, you know, right off the bat. I think those types of things could make a big difference
0: difference what if any conclusions can expect parents in other parts of the world take from this review and was there any other research on birth effects related to climate change globally
1: yeah so there are a lot of studies that look at the same uh, exposures and outcomes so fine particulate matter ozone and heat and adverse birth outcomes within the last decade really and really find pretty similar findings, sometimes even greater associations. And that's because when we get back to what I was talking about with exposure, if there's less mitigation, if there's less access to air conditioning, I was thinking you know, in the developing world especially, or um, there might be you know, some bigger issues to deal with rather than you know, really thinking about the heat or the air pollution, then those don't get addressed. I, I think I've been seeing more and more temperatures over 120 degrees Fahrenheit, not just in the U.S., but throughout the world, that's going to have some major
0: implications
1: for pregnancy outcomes as well.
0: That was Rupa Basu from the California Environmental Protection Agency and UC Berkeley. DW.